Hello, welcome to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is composer Harvey Carman. Uh, how are you today, Harvey? I'm excited. Um, also, a little kind of uh, what's the word? Anxious. I'm not used to talking about myself for a while, so this is going to be. But I'm I'm also grateful that you've had me on. So thank you, Anthony. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I'll hopefully try and make you as ease with rational questioning but we'll see um, let's do it <laughs> so i mean sort of where where i like to start is your sort of like um journey you know how how you became like uh, into music in general and then how that became to be writing soundtracks on on video games right um well uh it all starts with my dad um who is the best songwriter who's ever lived. I have to say that. (laughs) Um, And he passed away two years ago. Um, And it's been a very difficult time. Um, But throughout my life, he's always been writing these amazing songs. And he was always saying, you know, you're going to get into music and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd have a, I got a guitar when I was about 13 because I thought girls might find it cool. And, uh, (laughs) but I never really fully got into it. I was always all on games or what I did. I loved games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just throughout the years of kind of, that's what my main focus has been. And then, uh, basically in the hospital, <laughs> sorry to get morbid, but I, I told him, you know, I, I said, I'll, I'll make you proud. Um, and I, I vowed to kind of actually get into music for once and, and do it properly, not just kind of mess around with it as in, um, I mean, I had a, a year of drum lessons when I was a teenager and, uh, yeah, I've been, playing guitar for myself on and off, but never anything with kind of focus. Yeah. And um, there's a silver lining to every cloud, as they say, because this is just, I've never worked so hard on anything in my life. And uh, I've just completely kind of changed. I was very much a lazy person, very much the person (laughs) who is just always just trying to enjoy myself and take the easy way out of things. And I've become a person who says, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it and I do it as best I can. Yeah. And that has uh it's been wonderful so far so that's how i got into music yeah so with that conversation you had with your dad was that just your was your mind kind of like i'm gonna get into music in some way not like specifically games at that point yeah so like i'd always um i'd always wanted for um him to have heard something i created yeah um but because he was so good i was never willing to show him any of my crappy little ditties on the guitar or whatever it might be because i'd be i can't show him that he's amazing you know it's just too too bad in comparison um so in but yeah at, at that point i was like i'm gonna make a vow to my, my initial vow was to make him proud by doing music um but i thought he also said that he's got so much left to say so much unfinished so i've inherited his hard drive and oh, his okay. music software so my goal was well i'm gonna learn how to use this software and then finish his unfinished songs for him nice um at least to the best of my ability um so what i did was i thought okay i need to i need to just spend as much time doing this as i can in order to get as good as i can as quick as i can so it was june two years ago 2020 june 2020 that i installed the software for the first time um and I joined up to a um, a weekly thing called 2HTS. It's two-hour track Sundays. And every Sunday, we there's a group of about kind of 10 people. And we have two hours to write some music. 
and it doesn't matter if it's good if it's bad if it's an experiment it doesn't matter you just do something in two hours and then everybody listens to it afterwards and kind of comments and gives feedback it's usually very nice and friendly um so that's one thing i started doing and then the other one was i joined up to the um the vgma the video game music academy um and they did uh, like a monthly challenge um and one of the challenges uh you, you got to do a piece of music every day for seven days yeah so um and that was great and it's these things were just like really helpful like kind of um pathways that i could kind of see okay well i'll I'll do this for a while i'll learn this technique i'll learn this and i i kind of was systematic about my approach to this um so yeah i i basically just worked as hard as i could as fast as i could um and and learned as quick as i could and this I, i still have a huge amount to learn don't get me wrong yeah um and we all do, and I think that's the beauty of music. Is just it's just it's incredible <laughs> how how far a rabbit hole you could go down if you really wanted to. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess it was quite. I, I, I obviously don't want to say how you felt, but like going through your your dad's like session files on were, were they in like a, a sequencer kind of thing? Oh yeah, just lots. Um, some of them at varying levels of completion. Yeah, and um. You know, some of them had lyrics, some of them didn't, some of them, and I, I haven't gone through them all because, uh, you know, it makes me a bit sad. I'm yeah. still not quite ready to do that. I'm still trying to tackle my emotions, but, um, but yeah. So the purpose was to try and learn the software so I could finish his songs. And along the process, I was like, well, if I'm working on this software, using it to try and learn it, I love video games why am I not a video game composer? That just seems like such a good idea. Oh my God, you can be one of those? What? So, it's an actual job. And, uh, yeah, right? Who knew? Um, so that's what I decided to try and do, and I thought I'd give it my all. So from that, the first, as far as I'm aware, the first game you've uh, worked on was Kinseed. That's correct. So how, how did yes. that come about from those, you know, yeah, I got super lucky because it's uh, Skinsy's an awesome project with an awesome team. Um, basically, so part of my <laughs> my journey, as I just explained, to, to work as hard as I could on as many things as I could, um, I did, I think I did nine game jams over a period of six months. Yeah. Um, and those game jams included, I mean, I did kind of game design for some of them, but I, was, I did music in all of them. And... Um, in one of those desi- uh, game jams, uh, I happened to find somebody who was kind of in a local game development Discord. Um, this girl called Kaz, and she was fantastic um, as a as an icon artist, a pixel artist. Um, so we just got talking. And we were like, "Yeah, let's just do one of these game jams together. That's really cool." And then during the game jam, she mentioned, "Oh, well, I'm the icon artist for Kinseed, and uh, they need a composer." And I was like, "Well." put my hand in the air like <laughs> put me up coach you know i can do this um and she was like okay well i'll go and talk to them and i'll see you know what they think um and then i went home and within four hours of going home i had taken their game trailer and um kind of adapted one of my pieces and made it fit the trailer and gave it to kaz to send to them um and i think for those who are kind of looking to get um kind of game developers to actually be interested in considering you that is that is going to be one of my my biggest tips i think is to to take their footage and put your music on it because it's just it's just like a it just becomes real for them at that moment kind of thing um 
and that they they seemed to like it. They actually said it sounded like Russell Shaw, who was the original Fable composer. Um, so that was a, a very nice compliment from them. I'm certainly nowhere near as good as Russell is, but. <laughs> Uh, I mean, everybody's different, though. You know, he's a very good orchestrator and he knows so many things that I don't know. But in music, I think that's one of the reasons someone relatively new to it like me can still succeed is because the ideas come from you. It almost doesn't matter how good you are at playing or orchestrating or, or producing. I mean, you need a, a bass level. And that's the one I'm, you know, I was trying to reach as quickly as I could. But um, as long as you can make something interesting that that will resonate with people, then you can do this, you know? Yeah. So when when you first put like you know said like oh yeah that you're working on this game I can do some uh, I can write some songs for them if they want did you did you know the team like were obviously the ex Fable or did you know uh, they sort of had that industry industry pedigree before that I did because when we discussed this at during this game jam um, I was like I know this game and I'd already um, okay. recently followed them on Twitter so it was kind of a, a really happy coincidence. Um, and I, I kind of feel like, though, that anyone who, who gets anywhere in this industry, is, it's through personal connections. And it's through, like, it may seem like a stroke of luck, and it is luck. But I think it's a lot about arming yourself and being prepared to take advantage of that luck if it does happen to land in your direction. Um, so I, gri- I grabbed it with two hands, man. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. So with the with um, Kinseed, obviously I played through, I'm still not out the prologue. I think I'm nearing the end, but I'm Definitely okay, taking cool. my my time. I know I know you said there was um, specific pieces you had worked on, like the shop theme, blacksmith theme, and stuff. Was there other composers on the game as well as yourself? Or so yeah, there the the a lot of the music in the game has been licensed. Okay, um, I don't actually know where it comes from, um, but the I mean I know the pieces that I did are mine, um, but there are there actually they've they've had some kind of issues lately with. Um, even though they've licensed some of the pieces, people streaming the game have still been um, kind of having muted, having their, their videos muted on YouTube. Um, so we're, we're still working to do more of the music. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I'll replace all of it eventually. Yeah. Um, I'm working on three pieces right now. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Ah, oh, cool. So with, yeah. with what you did, um, the tracks you've worked on, were the existing pieces, the licensed pieces, were they already picked or is it kind of uh no when, when i worked on these tracks i there weren't previous pieces at ah, okay. all um that the, the, that i was aware of anyway it was just like they kind of told me the vibe they wanted um and it's a case of like um looking at footage from the from the game and the situation and trying to to just think what would feel good at the time yeah. um but fundamentally as much as like it's like oh i'm the composer so like i've got this vision for this piece um, if the client says, I want it this way, like it was a, th- it was a, it's a switch. You've got to flip in your head. You're not making fine art. You're making commercial art. <laughs> They're a customer and you provide what they want <laughs> kind yeah. of, you know? Um, so yeah, so I, I, I just did as what, as close as I could to spec. Um, I really recommend as well asking, basically there are kind of three questions I'd be asking. Um, it would be like, uh, how long do you want the piece to be? Uh, do you want it to loop? And then thirdly, uh, can you show me any reference pieces that you like the sound of that I can kind of try and approach? Yeah. Um, and that's the best way to to keep your clients happy. I was just going to say, so with, with obviously saying like they, they had like a vibe aesthetic, obviously the game itself is kind of sort of English 
nursery rhyme kind of folklore kind of yeah thing. yeah what, what was a, was that the pitch they had to you to kind of fit in with that or was there anything else sort of like genres or sounds that they they kind of said they wanted fitted in um so like they didn't um approach me by saying like this is the genre they want as such but it would be more like okay this is the blacksmith right yeah so i'm in my head i'm like okay i want like heavy sounds i want kind of um like with a bit of resonance on like metallic sounding hits um and i've got like a i've used a crash symbol in there that i think in my mind sounds a little bit like some um hot iron being cooled rapidly dunked in water yeah um so it's just about kind of experimenting with what feels nice for the piece at the time um so not in this case it wasn't kind of genre specific it was more what feels good in this kind of yeah um um yeah location yeah cool and obviously like if those that haven't played the game and seen it it's sort of like a very laid-back lifestyle rpg I dare. I mean, I always hate being like, "Oh, it's similar to this game." I but like, I know it gets referenced. It's quite similar to Stardew Valley and that yes, sort of thing, yeah. like Harvest Moon, sort of farming, come fishing. Yeah, it it does. You know, it's got it's got farming in it for sure, um, and it's got lots of villagers that you make friends with. But it's also there's so much more to it than that. Like yeah. if you if you open up the game and you're expecting, I want to play Harvest Moon. That's not what you're going to get from this. This game has so many systems. Like, like the cooking has mini games for everything. Yeah. The blacksmithing has mini games. The combat system, which you haven't experienced yet, if you haven't <laughs> got through the prologue, but it's a really good combat system. And like, <clears throat> there are, you know, there are like I think there are eighty plus NPCs, um, and they all have I think in total there there's like over a hundred thousand words of dialogue in the game. Yeah. Um, and they've all got little stories and it's there's there's a lot to this game it's really um it's a really ambitious project for such a small team um so yeah it's it's like stardew valley it has things in common with it but um from the get-go they and they made it very clear um in the terms of the composition specs as well they are not trying to be stardew valley yeah. this is their own game <laughs> you know it just happens to have a lot in common but yeah yeah i mean i feel like you know there's always going to be crossovers with that sort of yeah like you yeah. know small small rural thing it's like you know there's certain things that's expected obviously like you mentioned that like the bit i've not got up to uh, still play the prologue but you got to write obviously like boss themes and stuff for some of the the fights things. Yeah. And, and i mean i'm guessing <clears throat> that's um a bit of change of pace from the very relaxing yeah walk dude that was the, the hardest one <laughs> the, the boss theme i i went through so many revisions and they just weren't happy and i started to be like oh, can i not can i not do this can i not get it right <laughs> and then i sent them one and they were like yes that's what we want it's like okay fair enough we, we kind of had some creative differences in that in my mind a piece of music needs to be like a journey yeah so you need to have like you can't have all energy unless you have reduced energy sections with which to contrast with the high energy bits um but yeah the the guys they they just wanted more and more energy all the way through it so i was trying to find ways to to keep it moving and interesting um <laughs> without it just being a constant yeah energy level but yeah that was a fun one ah cool so what's the um i know you mentioned you're writing some more songs for that in, in terms of the game itself is that like a finished product no, or is the, it like the, there's going to be more sections and more things come into that there are there there are more things coming they've um they've announced like there's like a roadmap so there are a few updates coming i know there's a tavern update is in the works so that's exciting um and yeah there are so many 
like it, when a game has this many systems and is this complex, there are so many kind of um, bugs basically that yeah. need sorting out. And I th- they've been doing weekly updates since it launched, so they've been really on top of it. And so many things have improved since the launch only two months ago. Um, so the game's just getting better and better. I'm really hyped for it. And um, but yeah, there's more stuff coming. And I I believe they've said it, it won't be paid DLC. It'll just be an update when it's ready. So um, yeah, it's it's a really a wonderful project. It's I think it's a special game. There's nothing quite like it out there. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful thanks to me and my genius and uh, <laughs> and modesty. And, uh, <laughs> but no, it's great, and I'm really pleased, and I'm just so grateful that I've that I they gave me a, a shot because I was an unknown composer at the time. Yeah, and uh, you know, I said, look, I can do this. Give me a chance, and I'm so grateful they did. So yeah. And with with that, obviously, it's quite cool that it's not just a here's a game, write ten pieces for it, bye, and that's it. It's like you know, you kind of part of that team. Yeah, well, forward I, with it. So that's how I thought it was going to be. Um, and then uh, my friend went on their website and he noted that in the you know the about us page they've got me on there as an icon and uh, yeah, and then I I you know I sent them an email to say oh you know thanks for giving me a shot and it's been great working with you. And they were like, oh, well, we, you know, <laughs> let's keep this going. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. Yeah. But they're great guys as well. I'm, I'm really lucky. So, yeah. yeah. I, I guess as well, there's kind of that side of it where some of them are very experienced hands. So there's, you know, actual, I mean, you said you did quite a lot of game jams. So like the actual implementation side of it, you're probably familiar with, but also there's probably bits that you were like, I don't know. And they're like, you just, this is how we do it and stuff like. Yeah. They had very much like the ways they wanted things done and that, but I'm totally fine with that. Cause the game jam is not um, a substitute for actually working in the industry. Yeah. Like you can do as many game jams as you want, but it's not real, you know, it's, um, so yeah, they they just know how how so many systems work in just the whole production of it, and they've they've got so many plates they're juggling. I don't know how they do it to be honest, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Ah, excellent. Uh, yeah, I just like for personal side of it, playing it, it's like the sort of proverbs and things you get round, and just you know the very beginning, the fact you know it's the you were living in a shoe and stuff like that just that sort of like uh folklore nonsense and stuff and it's like this is so cool (laughs) (laughs) well i'm sure they'd uh yeah they'd be grateful to hear you say that and it's it is it's it's very folklore um and it's but it's it's kind of it's got its own story as well and it's you know this there's a lot of themes that people will recognize if they've grown up in the uk from the you know 70s to 90s or whatever the, the age group of the developers are but uh yeah it's um it's good yeah there's definitely some bits that just kind of made me have a little giggle to myself like oh that's true yeah they they there are um certain rude jokes in this game you know for pre-warning to anyone if you don't have a silly sense of humor maybe it's not for you but that's yeah. okay you know yeah, yeah i think i think that's it it's kind of goes back to what i was saying a little bit earlier which i can't remember if i was it was before we started talking about, about indie games it's like smaller games they kind of have that sort of allowing for a bit more silliness and nonsense i agree and creativity yeah Yeah, i I think it's like i mean it makes sense you know if you're you know is it well microsoft now and blizzard if you're making call of duty whatever number it is your players and your stockholders your shareholders have um, expectations yeah so you can't do anything drastically different from what's already been done Whereas indie games is the space where people can really just be as creative as they want. 
and that's why recently I, I'm just absolutely love indie games, all kinds of indie games. I'm all about them. They're amazing. And I have so much respect for any developer who, who makes an indie game because I'm just starting to understand how much work you put into that. <laughs> so well done. Well, even if, you know, you didn't sell anything and you released a game, it didn't do very well, whatever, you've, you've done something amazing. So well done to you, listener. Definitely. Yeah, it kind of goes on nicely to um, the next question. So obviously I know you uh, mentioned very early on that you were, quote unquote, a gamer. Um, and you mentioned now like you're playing quite a lot of indie games and stuff. Is there generally a genre of game you prefer playing or is it just a bit of everything? Is there Ooh. any sort of standouts at the minute? That's a really good question. Um, and not a particular genre. I think I've I've got kind of, you know, favorite games that seem to cross many different genres. I think maybe sports genres are just not too exciting for me. Yeah. Um, but anything where someone has... has an exciting kind of imagination that they've put something something interesting in the game, something different, yeah. anything like that, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I used to be a, a hardcore competitive gamer. Okay. Um, so I used to play FPS um, competitively. I've done some big uh, events, big esports things in my time. And uh, in the last kind of, well, it's been like seven or eight years now, um, Super Smash Brothers Melee, is uh, a, a huge amount of fun and it's absorbed many many an hour <laughs> of my time that i wish i'd just spent composing instead but <laughs> never mind um yeah so competitive gaming a lot um but then also yeah just any neat indie games that have got something special some kind of spark is is what i'm all about cool and yeah that sounds over there like i i suck at fighting games just all of them and like every time i try and play smash bros it's like it's fine if I'm playing on the computer and then I play someone that's reasonably like, oh yeah, I've played it a few times before. I'm, and it's like, I just, just suck yeah. and get absolutely ruined. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad as well, but for some reason I keep coming back. I don't learn my lesson. <laughs> no, <mind. laughs> uh, that's how they yeah. get you. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention as well. I'm not sure um, if this is going to mess up your continuity. Sorry. Um, this, the, there's a, there's another game that I did some music for as well. Okay. I didn't know. Um, so I also did some music for Whispers in the West, yeah. which was, um, it's a small indie team again. Um, it's a really interesting, um, it's like a co-op murder mystery. Yeah. So they write some stories and they've created some characters. And unlike a lot of other games where it's like a, a mystery game in air quotes, like this is an actual mystery and you have to use your own deductive logic with your the people you're playing with. So it's like a social experience, a bit like, a bit like Amongst Us, Among Us. <laughs> I yeah. always say Amongst Us. A bit like Among Us, but if you're on the same team, it's kind of... Um, ah, okay. But you deduce things. You use your brain, and it's really cool. So, um, yeah. The, so uh, I got in... I found... I saw them on Twitter, I think, is how I... I think they won, um, like, the Indie Fund. Um, so they got an award there, and they got some funding, and they started making this game. And I, I found them on Twitter, and then um, they, they were asking, does anyone want to do, like... Um, I think they were trying to do some kind of beta um, just experience, you know, user gathering, user experience gathering exercises. So they ran a few things and I said, yeah, I'll play. Um, and I played it and I enjoyed it and it worked really well. And then afterwards, so um, there's another arm of, of kind of the music composition that I'm doing, what I'm trying, working on is making music packs. Okay. Um, so it's, for, you know, if you're a small indie developer, you haven't got any money to hire a composer to do bespoke pieces. 
but you can buy a pack of music for your game, which hopefully will be fairly relevant, and you have the license to use it in your game. So I'm trying to you know, help out some more developers that way. So I put out my first pack for free, which was a Wild West pack. Um, and after I played this game, and you know, I, I spoke to the people, and I said, by the way, I don't know if you need any music for this, but here's a free music pack. Like, you're more than welcome to it. Um, and they, they were like, okay, yeah, we'll let you know, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, sure enough, they, they liked one of the pieces and they've used it in the game. Uh, and since then, I've I've remained like quite good friends with the um, the kind of the head of the team, and we we talk fairly regularly on Discord. Um, and uh, I have then since composed them a um, a bespoke piece, so that's also in the game. So that's really exciting. And yeah, it's just I think the message I'm trying to get across is that like. If you're trying to get hired as a composer, it's not about like blasting out there, hey, do you need a composer? Do you need a composer? It's like just finding people and connecting with them. Yeah. And then, you know, if if they might if you can help them, then maybe you can help them. And then maybe they can help you. And then that's just great. But it's it's always I mean, I've only, you know, been on two projects officially so far, but both of them are from genuine human connections that I haven't been just hounding just to try and <laughs> you know get paid you know so i mean i feel i feel that sort of human element always helps it's like you just get some a message going i make music and it's like okay where it's like it's something especially like creating games and music and anything that's vaguely artistic yeah. it's like uh, it, you almost want that human connection with the person that's created it because it's it, it it's a, a personable thing it's and that's Absolutely. it. It's like you can you can find someone and like their music sounds amazing, or you know their game looks amazing. But if they're the way they work or the way they go about things isn't going to work, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, they need to get the project. They they don't they need to not be just in it just to try and make money. I yeah. think and um, and it's hard. You know, when you, when you're a composer, it is hard to get hired. I I I got to keep saying how lucky I am that I have been hired, um, and. But there's a, a way to increase those chances, and it's not by going to conventions and saying, "Hey, do you need a composer? Do you need a composer?" <laughs> you know, that's that's not going to win you any friends. It's yeah, I don't know. Just help people, work with them, and become friends. Yeah. And that's how you how you make connections is is my experience so far. So that's one of the one of the many top tips for people to take away from today. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's a useful one. So if um, I was actually actually going to uh, come on and talk about Whispers in the West, that was the next question I had. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. It's like, it's, it makes me have to talk less, which is always a bonus for people listening, <laughs> I think. But in, in terms of that, so obviously you said that was um, like a Wild West sound pack that you sent over. I mean, I've, I've only seen the sort of screenshots, and maybe it's because... I very recently watched uh, Knives Out and Knives Out Glass Onion. But it's just like, oh, yeah, I kind of see that, you know, the Southern Texan kind of murder yeah. mystery kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I saw it like, saw it after watching those films. I was like, yes, I've got so much time for this. I mean, yeah, it's it's a really unique game. Um, do check it out. It's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So we've just, just for my own, like, my own perspective on that because i can remember many many years ago i had a cluedo pc yeah, yeah, game yeah. and it was like um had like i mean we're going mid 90s now so it had glorious full motion video sections of all the characters talking but basically there was always one outcome 
and it was like so is is that like is it does it differ every time like who the so they yeah they they've written a series of stories okay. um so i think you you pick a scenario and that's the one you play um and it doesn't it takes a few hours to get through it to work yeah. all out everything what's happened and um yeah and i think their plan is like they've they're just going to keep releasing stories as far as i'm aware i might be wrong but i think that's the idea so yeah there should be quite a lot of content when when it's out yeah i'm excited yeah and obviously if it's co-op it's not one you're gonna sit and burn through like 12 yeah, stories no. yourself so you know it's kind of a nice one to maybe crack out at a party or online and stuff like absolutely that. yeah you know a group of you know two to four friends and it's cool because like you each have um like a different ability so like i can't remember what they are specifically but like um like say you you might be a character who's got like a medical background and then you can do some forensics on a piece of evidence that if you're not playing that character you can't do um and it's it's kind of there's a time limit to it so what you'll generally be doing is you'll each be going to different locations gathering different clues talking to different people and then you kind of all regroup and then you discuss right this is what i found and then you kind of have to work together and and as i said do real deduction which is not not a common thing in games so <laughs> it's a little bit different it's cool yeah and is that out or is it in early access i i think it's not out yet i think it's the demo is available i believe okay. but it's um yeah they're, they're still working on on getting a few more stories into it before they release and do you know if there's like a planned release date or is it just when it's done kind of situation i don't know off the top of my head i don't know okay that's fine but obviously yeah it's coming on steam so there's a page that people can keep updated yeah yeah definitely and there's a demo so you know you can see if you like it definitely i will give that a go i didn't get around to doing it but also had to do that by myself <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so it it serves yourself obviously you mentioned in your your sort of like beginnings you um learn how to produce music from going like back through your dad's old session files to an extent so is that still the that software and stuff is that still what you're using now it is yeah um <clears throat> i've i've bought far too many plugins since then but uh, yeah, that's I'm using Reason, which is that that that's the software. Is I'm on version ten, version twelve. They finally updated to include VST three, which is crazy that they didn't do that already because it's such a standard plugin format. But um, yeah, it's it's not for everybody, but I quite like it because it mimics like a real mixing desk. Yeah. Um, so you know, if I want to, I don't know, add a low pass filter. You know, I find the right channel and I, I turn the knob and it's not like I don't get a value. I don't get a number or a percentage of how what how many hertz the... this filter is at. I just turn the knob and that's what I do it by ear, you know. So, um, but I like that. It feels hands-on. It's, it's a good piece of software. I yeah. also use Reaper. Reaper's really good too. Yeah, I've never used Reaper. I can remember like years ago and I'm talking like probably 15 years ago when I kind of first dabbled in making music and stuff. Reason, I think it was version 3. Oh, nice! And it was like one of them, and I just liked the visual sort of thing, yeah. The sort of racks and just being able to drag the cables there and that's the one. I find like I find as soon as anything has a numeric voucher, voucher a numeric value, and they're like I then obsess and it's like oh no, I can't leave it on seventy seven. It has to be like eighty or seventy, and then it's just like oh. And it's probably at OCD that point, overload. yeah. Probably at that point, that's more a personality defect than anything. Yeah. I just, I just like having like 
physical physical knobs uh Uh, oh you went there yeah don't we all but yeah (laughs) like a fit of like physical like tactile things Mm. to use sliders and things i just find it much more it's kind of intuitive you know it's like yeah yeah it's it's a good piece of software i'm really comfortable with it um I'm, i'm i am using reaper as well as i said and i'm i've been trying to learn it reaper's really good because it's got a um uh for one thing it's got like a video viewer built into it so you can i use that for sound design more so in yeah. reason because i can then sync with the with the video with the footage of whatever i'm looking at um and reaper's reaper's crazy powerful man it like you can kind of make it do whatever you want like yeah. so whatever function you could possibly want someone somewhere has written a way to do that um so yeah hugely recommend the use of reaper and and people seem to say it's like oh it's really difficult to use and it's really um like a hard learning curve but i'm a pretty slow learner and i didn't find it too bad i mean i'm certainly not an expert in it but and i'm i am still maining reason um as where i find myself more comfortable but definitely give reaper a chance i'd say it's a good one yeah and obviously that sort of thing where it's it allows that open source development for people just to make whatever sort of plugins they want you find some weird and amazing stuff (laughs) yeah and but also some really simple stuff like yeah people do amazing things like you know having it do live samplings of whatever's being played at the moment or you know they'll they'll just make some strange thing in it or it'll just be a simple like oh this is i've customized it so when i press these keys this function happens and it's actually saving me a load of time that that kind of thing you know just it's really powerful and flexible so it's a good one and is that, do you generally do everything inside that or do you use any real instrumentation at the minute? I do use some. Um, most, I'll, uh, uh, how can I, yeah, it's not a spoiler in that. Um, you can get married in Kinseed. Um, so the the marriage song in Kinseed I wrote on guitar. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, I didn't, that the guitar in the piece that you'll hear in game is um, a virtual guitar. Um, but like, so I'll often kind of, write things manually you know and then because i'm not the best player instead of having crappy awful takes recorded into the game <laughs> I, you know I, I will get there after enough times but i'll generally then after writing it i'll switch to the virtual instruments but, yeah yeah hey, it's a much if you're you know taking a few takes it's just easier to have it that way might yeah, not feel as good but yeah that's the thing like if you if you do it live you've got so much more control over have it exactly how you want it to sound yeah um so that's a that's a benefit of doing it live. So it's just about weighing up like what you're trying to achieve. Can you get what you want without compromising using the instruments, um, the virtual ones? And if not, okay, get something live going. Um, I just bought. It's really fun actually. A um, a bow for the acoustic guitar. Oh, nice. Um, it's called the, the the Picasso bow. I think it's the Picasso bow, and um, and you you bow it by pushing this. The bow is like I don't know six inches. And you push it into the hole of your big acoustic guitar, and uh, and you play it like a like a violin. Hmm. Um, and okay, it's it's not going to sound as you might as well just get a real violin. Honestly, is, <laughs> is if you want the really good sound. But for, for kind of popping something, just trying experiment and seeing how something's going to sound. Hmm, maybe the string section will sound like this. And it's just kind of fun to play a bowed instrument with frets. <laughs> I didn't uh, never saw myself doing that, so it's cool. Yeah, one of my favourite investments that I made years ago was uh, an Ebo for the 
electric guitar so it's like the one that little like has like a little uh, magnetic field in it and it vibrates the string uh, to kind of like think... do, do it as same as that it only does one string at a time and it's really nice and just sort of like sliding with a bit of reverb and it's just this big nice post-rock yeah. joyous thing yeah definitely I, I, I like these tools these kinds of things they're yeah. great yeah it's cool so, so in terms of like yourself and your uh, musical influences was there any i mean obviously your dad is probably one the of big the, one the big one yeah, is there any sort yeah. of bands artists you also attribute for, <clears throat> for that um i guess most people attribute i mean you always like what you grew up listening to you know yeah. that's that's always going to happen so yeah, when I was getting into music and trying to learn guitar, I think the first song I learned on guitar was um, Californication, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot of Blink-182. I listened to them heavily for a few years. Green Day, uh, Plus 44, the, there's two of the members of Blink-182 yeah. went to the Plus 44. And that's actually a one of the best albums that I've that I've bought. It's, um, it's really good. It's really um, well-produced and well-written and um, a lot of heart has gone into it. So, but yeah, that kind of whole, you know, um, uh, West Coast America kind of... Uh, California vibes of bands basically are my main influences I'd say yeah definitely I mean I it's a similar sort of thing to what I would have probably been listening to and trying to play growing up at that time yeah that's Blink-182 Red Hot Chili Peppers coming coming back to the UK side of it like Muse and stuff like that so yeah 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 my wife loves Muse yeah so yeah yeah they're amazing aren't they like they they sound as good live as they do on the CD I don't understand that (laughs) it's just I mean I just it's one of those where it's like I'm so jealous of how incredibly talented you are at playing guitar (sighs) and then go and see it live and it's just like ah uh, <laughs> it's actually it's actually you are that good it's not like studio tricks I, and stuff it's like kind of dislike you now yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> yeah they're amazing but um you know everyone's good at different things and uh i you know i i'm aware that i've uh, i'm not the quickest learner for example so i i approach things the way i can and i you know you just have to do your own pace do what you can do you know exactly so. I mean, music is, as I said, it's like such a personal and subjective thing. It's, I mean, I know there's some very, very, very talented musicians who've music I've listened to, and it's very technically good and stuff. But I'm just there, like, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think I do think that's a danger in when people get so deep into music theory or or the playing of an instrument that they can get more focused on on doing things that are impressive. And I, I, I'm a big believer in keeping things simple. Yeah. And sometimes simplicity is is just better. And uh, you, it may be incredible, but does it sound as nice? Is it is that what the piece really wants? You know, I bet I'm going to have a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of hate from this, but uh, no, it's, um, yes, the music comes first, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I, I feel there's like that sort of like showing off like, oh, I am this talented. It's like, that's good. Sounds like shit though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe one day when i can show off like that i'll yeah. change my mind but <laughs> uh yeah no, it's, it's yeah again subjective some people might like that doesn't doesn't mean everyone has to 
there's no yeah. doubting that some people are very talented. It doesn't necessarily mean everyone needs to like what they make. Absolutely. That's... And I also, though, I, I didn't want to get into the, um, there's a debate going around lately of like, oh, you don't need music theory to be a good composer. And then, oh, you do need music theory. Um, and I'm just being clear. I'm not one of these people who says you don't need music theory. I think I'm very jealous of those who are really deep into it. Um, cause it would, I think it's a very powerful tool and it would probably speed up my workflow a great deal. Um, <laughs> Because right now I'm very much like a, a trial and error. I, I have an idea of how I want something to sound and I have to spend some time in getting it there. Whereas if I was better at theory and more experienced as a player, then it would be a lot quicker. But uh, I mean, all that it means is that, you know, my, my rate per minute or per hour is lower than most composers <laughs> would be because I have to spend more time doing it. But that's fine. That's my own way of doing things. I mean, yeah, I kind of feel like you learn that way as well. And even though you don't necessarily have formally been taught music theory actually by doing it that way you're kind of teaching yourself it doing it by ear and that sort of way anyway i think so i think the i think the like the the beautiful things in music come from people's like intuition i don't think they many people make something beautiful because they've read about it or they they you know they saw the sheet some sheet music or i don't know that, that wouldn't be writing your own but you know what i mean i don't think it's something that you can you can just read i think it comes from inside yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's any any form of art. It's there's that feeling element. You can be very technically gifted or theoretically gifted, but you've got to feel something. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was, but uh, and also I suppose it comes from outside as well because you do get influenced by yeah, everyone outside. You know, it's. I don't think there are many people out there who who can write things that are completely out of the realm of of what they've heard first except for uh, maybe my dad but uh, <laughs> i'll start i won't mention him anymore it's uh, you can mention him as much as you <laughs> as much as you like yeah it's i i mean i'll probably get closed down for my scientific experiment now i was think, thinking it's like get get someone who's not listened to any music for like the first 18 years of their life and ask them to make <laughs> music and yes that is abuse and it's not a very good like psychological or any sort of experiment but It'd be oh, wow. interesting to see. Obviously, like, can you, you imagine no music in your life for the first eighteen years? Firstly, what a horrible existence that would be. But how amazing would it be when you first heard a piece? Then, as an eighteen-year-old, you'd be you like, could, what? could literally hear anything. Could it be amazing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> even like steps. You know, <laughs> it's where it's one of those where it's like you know, you, if if you didn't know it existed, can you really miss it? And it's. I suppose it's getting far too philosophical. <laughs> it is pretty. Ph- I like it though. I like yeah. it. I'm in. I mean, we'll go. We'll go on to the section of the podcast I lovingly call "quick fire questions," which never ends up being uh, quick fire. Okay. The general idea is, I ask you your favorite something. You give me the first thing that comes to mind. What will actually happen is you'll probably pick three or four, and then we'll have a ten minute discussion about each one of them. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, okay. Okay. So starting off, your favorite video game of all time. Um. Okay. I'm going to say Legend of Zelda: The Ocarina of Time. Nice. nice. That was a a big influence for me. I loved the um like the connection with nature in it. Your your whole the whole theme about it is you're like you're healing the forest, you're yeah. healing the lands, um, and I always loved 
wilderness and um you know animals and plants and stuff growing up and that was just yeah i i loved doing what you did in that game and i remember playing wind waker and the game was incredible but it was missing something from it and and that's what it was missing was that whole connection to the land for me but uh yeah yeah ocarina of time i'm saying it but there are so many other contenders that's <laughs> that's a really tough question it is and you know i feel bad asking it at times you should but you should feel terrible i also I, I always do that's that's again another personality defect but yeah yeah this isn't what's yours see how you feel uh, what's your favorite game half-life 2 okay interesting interesting <laughs> but also that could be any one of about five games depending yeah. on, on the mood but yeah hey you're just a guy that really likes seesaw puzzles and i'm not going to hold that against you <laughs> i mean if you're going to build a physics engine then you're going to use that use physics it, use it to put <laughs> barrels underwater to lift shit it's beautiful absolutely yeah. so this is like probably well, actually, no, it's not a bad confession. I've never actually finished Ocarina of Time. I'm actually playing it at the moment to try and Are finish you? it to right the wrongs in my life. Nice. But yeah, it's, nice. I am loving it. But also, I feel like going to play an RPG that was made, oh, God. Oh, 90, like what was it? Six, seven? Yeah. 96? It's like, like 25 plus years old. And, you know, I've played a lot of modern RPGs that you have all the tutorials about stuff and you're playing it, it's just like the shit am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> there's no like there's no one constantly telling you like, oh you need to go here. Here's a here's a location marker, you need to go here. And it's just like, yeah, you go into the you go into the the market town or you go into the city or whatever and it's like off you go. go yeah. On. And I love that about it. It was it was so like it felt like a real world in that sense. Um, yeah, how many games these days you have like, oh, where am I? Let's press a, a button and this is going to point the direction I need to go. And it's like, so you're not actually seeing the world for what it is. You're just seeing it as a series of waypoints at that point. You yeah. know, you're not. Um, so, yeah. There's... But fair play and you playing it now. I, I can't imagine playing it for the first time now, whether it will have aged that well. Um, it's. I mean... Like spoiler, it's probably not a very big spoiler, but there's a point where you you go into a waterfall. Yeah. And uh, you know, when I was eight or nine or however old I was when I played it, and I was like, oh, if I if I play this music, then I might. And then the waterfall opened, and I went in the waterfall. I felt like such a genius, man. I was like, this is incredible. Like, wow. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you'd get that kind of experience playing it today. <laughs> I mean, I've like so it's it's one of those journeys I'm on for myself where I'm kind of playing all the Zelda games because I had grown up, I had a NES, then SNES, and then didn't have a Nintendo console until, well, we had a Wii, but, like, everyone's family had a Wii. Yeah, And yeah, it, was, yeah. it wasn't really used as a, a gaming thing. It was just to play Wii bowling every time, you know, yeah. my mum got a few glasses of wine in her room and we had to see <laughs> her slide around the floor. But... Um, <laughs> And like now it's kind of like, okay, I'm an adult and I can now go and buy all these things, which is a really bad thing because there's a limitless amount of games to buy and they're all getting progressively more expensive. Thankfully, That's I know true. you can play them all on various emulation and modern versions, but something in me is like, I didn't have this as a child, so now I've got to buy it now. Uh, you know, if you if you steal a person's wallet, they'll be poor for the week. But if you start them collecting something, they'll be poor for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So <laughs> literally that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I find like, but from say like about not knowing what's going on, the first Zelda on the net is 
is there's like about four lines of dialogue in the whole game there is nothing yeah. telling you anything trying to beat that i game found that one ridiculous. yeah i didn't have that one at the at the time i had the nez was my first console as well but i didn't have zelda on it and when i played that later i would have been you know late teens probably i felt it quite um it wasn't it was quite um obtuse you know it wasn't easy to get into it wasn't very intuitive um but it's okay. It still has its charm. Yeah. I did like Zelda 2. Not many people like that one, but I thought it was uh, a step up from that one at least. Yeah, I really enjoyed Zelda um, 2. I feel it's because it's it has like those side-scrolling battles and people are like, yeah. oh, this isn't, this isn't what we like. And yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for... I always get confused with which one's, which one's the SNES one and which one was the Game Boy one. But like Link to the Past, I think, is the SNES one. Because obviously Link's Awakening was Link's game, Awakening was Game Boy. That's, that's right. Had yeah, the yeah. remake. It's like Link Link's the Past needs a, a modernization because that that game and story and just the whole game world in inverted commas not to spoil too much is great. Such a good yeah, I, that's that's actually one I've missed. I didn't. Oh. I, I didn't have a SNES. I went um, so NES and then Mega Drive. So I missed that whole SNES. My friends had SNESes, but they didn't have Zelda on it. So yeah, I actually do need to to play Link to the Past. Um, I loved... Uh, I had the Minish Cap on Game Boy Advance. Oh, that's really good. I've only played it's, a little bit of that. I was surprised how good it was, considering it's not a first-party Nintendo product. Um, it was good. It was a good game. Yeah. As I said, the quick-fire questions aren't very quick-fire. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on to the next one. So your favourite... Okay musical artist band composer of all time uh, okay well i won't say dad um yep. i'll say i'm gonna say plus 44 i think that's the best nice. band I, I just because they only did one album and every song on it is beautiful um it's well produced and there's there's like no there are no troughs you know like i've got some albums in my mind and then like i love this album it's got some amazing songs but they've also got a couple of really bad ones kind of thing yeah. but this album is just solid all the way through so plus 44 i don't think i've listened to the whole album i like i know they had uh oh where when my heart stops beating you got like, it that yeah was the big the big that was sauce, hit, yeah. yeah and i could just remember that being on kerrang that's and right like yeah. mtv2 or mtv rocks or whatever it was called then like constantly on repetition and now every time i go to a club that does like an emo pop punk night it's always like yes oh wow I, i'm i don't go to enough clubs then because i'd love to hear that on a night I out mean, that'd be really cool <laughs> i've not been for ages but it's like yeah, it's I'm one of those that that <laughs> never too old <laughs> You just feel it when you're there and everyone around you is a small child. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But moving on from there, um, your favourite game soundtrack of all time? Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Um, that, I probably have a better answer than this, but... Oh, no. See, now I've got two, and now I'm not allowed to just pick one. i got you to pick can, one You of can them. have two. It's fine. <sighs> It's not your favorite one, then, though, is it? Um, okay, no, but I'll, I'll. My favorite one um, is Hollow Knight. Nice, and I'm happy to say that um, the runner-up was Persona Five because it's got such a groovy soundtrack. But it lost because um, 
I don't like the style of singing that they put on that soundtrack. It's um, the singer they use, like she's amazing, but I think the music just doesn't need the singing. Just mm. get rid of the singing. And it's just such a much more enjoyable kind of instrumental experience. It's really funky. It's really energetic. I love it. But she kind of spoils it for me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Christopher Larkin's work on Hollow Knight was just I don't know what it is about Christopher Larkin. He's really good, I think. And I can't put my finger on why he's so good. Um, like, he's he's worked on other games since Hollow Knight. And I was like, oh, I wonder what they sound like. And I, I pulled up one of the pieces from one of the games. And within about four chord movements, I was like, that's Christopher Larkin. Like, there's something he does, and it just it just works for me. So, yeah, that one. Excellent. I mean, I love Hollow Knight. I played it beginning beginning of last year and it's just oh, so nice. so so brooding and ugh, it's great such a good it's game. like quietly beautiful you know it's yeah. not like yeah it's great and it's so tight the controls and ah oh, what a game i do need to go back to um so like i beat i beat the main game and i think two of the sort of dlcs but then one of the one of them, I just couldn't beat the circus uh, boss thing. Oh, the, yeah, the dark, uh, what are they grim called? Troop, the Grim, yeah. Grim Troop, that's it, you got it, you and got it's it. Just like, it's like, it's really annoying because it's like, it's one of those where you got the percentage, but because they've got the extra bits, that's like, so I think I was at like 104% complete, but my brain's like, there's still more to do, that's not complete. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll, after Ocarina of Time, maybe, maybe you'll get oh, there. God, but, the, um... list, the list is massive. I'd say, I'd go um... on, on your other thing of Persona 5, is that's in my list to play this year. We haven't played Persona Five. No. Okay, I I, only, I'd say, go on. I'd say I only played Persona Four Gold. I know they're not uh, they're in standalone titles, but like, yeah, I'd only played that last year, and I was like, I loved it. Like, it's a brilliant game. But I always find whenever I feel like a massive like fifty hour plus RPG, my brain's just like I can't do like I can only do one or two a year now. I yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, you know. We've got lives to live, unfortunately. We've got adult responsibilities, Ugh. but um, <laughs> bills, mortgages, but um, and rent, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, so I'm playing. I say playing. I'm playing Persona Four at the moment. Um, so I haven't played that before. I'm I'm kind of ten or something hours into it, and I'm enjoying it. Um, but yeah, Persona Five is is one of my favorite games of the last like decade. It's it's really well done. Yeah, it's. In, in the way that Kinseed has a lot of systems, Persona 5 has a lot of systems, um, but whereas Kinseed's prologue, you're done in like three or four hours, Persona 5's, I mean, I think I was still introduced to new systems like 20 hours in, you know, they're, they're all fairly intuitive and they're all well done, And but it's a, it's a long time before you're really just like free to just do what you want in the game. Yeah. But when that happens, it just feels, I think this fundamentally feels good to be like organizing your time in such a way that is productive and better than how I organize my time in real life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I always find it's like any sort of game that you need to do inventory management. It's just like, oh yes, this is beautiful. And then I turn around yeah. and look at my wardrobe. It's like, yeah, <laughs> why can't I do that in real life? <laughs> I know, I know. You ever play The Sims? Yeah, my Sims are straight A students. They had every piece of homework. They did extra credit on. I don't do that in real life I, you know yeah. why what's the difference i don't know i mean i feel like with the sims when they do something that's enjoyable you don't enjoy it <laughs> so it's, like, <laughs> there's no, it's like there's no benefit to them playing games i'm not enjoying it it's like my, the game the game is them being 
them being good at life so i don't have to yeah i see yeah exactly and you know they should suffer too right yes oh, yeah <laughs> i mean that's why countless people build swimming pools and take the ladders that's up. why it's, that's why the swimming pools in the game guys yeah you know get over it so... that's why it's there admit it <laughs> Moving on from your favourite game soundtrack, your favourite soundtrack for a film and or oh. a TV series. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, oh, it's, that's difficult because it's hard to, like, separate the, um, like, how much you like the series from how good you think its soundtrack is, you know? Yeah. Um, and films as, as well. Like... I'm, I I've been loving the Marvel films, the um, you know Avengers, all those things. I yeah. I really enjoyed those, and I, I I think the themes for them are awesome. They're incredibly well made. I mean, they should be. They put enough money into them, right? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. um, but like looking at them objectively, are any of them, you know, if you compare them to some of the old John Williams scores, like there's there's something again some kind of a simple melody sometimes that John Williams might have done. Okay, it's embellished with incredible incredible orchestrations as well but um ah oh, this is a hard one to put a favorite soundtrack from a, a movie or film or series oh gosh i don't like i can do this you know uh, i can't you can you can say some i mean obviously you've said the marvel films and yeah I mean, john williams ones kind of speak for themselves they do they do and good old hands he's done yeah. well as well isn't he he's done some amazing things so I'm gonna. I'll just say the Marvel films. I, I don't know. Have one in particular. You know, the Avengers theme. That's yeah. that's lovely. The, <laughs> the score on the Avengers is awesome. So excellent. And is there? Yeah. Do you have like any TV soundtracks particularly? Um, I don't have much time to watch TV. I don't spend uh, a lot of time doing that. If I'm not, yeah. I've, I mean, as well as um, trying to learn how to be a composer, and then getting a job as a composer um you know i i also work full-time as an analyst um and at the same time i was doing a master's in public health yeah so like it was just a crazy crazy two years where i was just my brain just didn't stop and uh so now the master's is done and uh, i got a, a lot more space in my brain going on right now so maybe now i can spend some more time watching tv and stuff but um yeah i i couldn't say i've got a favorite tv score I, I would growing up I'd probably watch more anime than TV. Yeah. Um but I don't know if there's any anime scores that are particularly amazing. I mean uh, oh, there was a good one. Um Parasite the Maxim. That was uh that had a cool soundtrack. Had I've some really cool never themes. I've heard of that, so I'll have to check it out. It's an interesting one. It's uh yeah, it's cool. It's um I won't give anything away, but it's about a, a dude who wakes up and his hand is no longer his own hand. It's something else entirely. So, uh, Sounds yeah. very nonsense and standard for pretty much any anime yeah, series. Yeah, pretty much. But um, it's a good one, though. It is cool. Ah, cool. Yeah, I like. I just like a bit of sort of... Someone's got like, oh, we should do this idea. It's like, oh, no, but we're actually doing this idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't think you it would tell. get this far. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can imagine people in a boardroom being like, uh, are we doing this? Like, I mean, what's the new big one at the moment? Chainsaw Man, I'm enjoying that. Yeah. And it's just a guy with a chainsaw that comes out of his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> as if that would ever pass a board meeting. But that's why manga's quite cool, because it's, you know, again, a creator who sits down with an idea, draws it, and hey, maybe it'll get picked up. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's that sort of like, when it's a smaller team, or like just an individual, it's like, 
you could just have that sort of like unfiltered yeah creativity and normally art just is someone's most ridiculous thoughts that they've actually made into something exactly and then then you know it becomes becomes something everyone loves like i wish more media was like that though i wish people were just in general more brave to just try wacky things because people love it people are sick i think of just the same stuff in and out you know here's another i don't know gripping moody sad drama tv show like do something wacky you know i think people would resonate with that but i mean i don't know i'm not the one making millions off these so maybe i'm talking nonsense right now but oh yeah but i think there's niches for everything you know people could only see and watch what's made as well so if it's not being made, true i mean one of my favorite things that i've watched recently um oh god i can't remember what it's called now it's uh it's like an animated well it's that animated thing where it's got real animated characters and real humans in but it's the japanese lazy egg thing it's just a series uh, oh good to good to good to dama i think oh uh, good good yeah apparently. and it's yeah just i've seen this character and it's like so there's a series i think it's been kind of like a character in like oh, I see. Culture for ages but they've made a series yeah. recently and it's just it's just basically the egg the lazy egg and a chicken escape a restaurant and go and try and find their mum and it's just ridiculous the whole thing is just it sounds quite sweet and wholesome though. it is That's sweet good. and wholesome but parts yeah. of it are just full-on batshit crazy and it's brilliant and i loved it and i spent most yeah. of it just looking in sheer disbelief as to how something so ridiculous got made got made and yeah. then published on netflix as well yeah that's i'm gonna check this out this sounds cool it's, it's, it's fairly i think like it's only like 10 minute long episodes as well so it's yeah. quite quite easy to do it's 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 definitely something to watch if you're not in the mood for anything remotely heavy or it's just very, yes, very joyous yeah. and very silly so yeah wistful i like yeah. it nice thank and you for the recommendation x i i will recommend that to everyone um nice so, so and the final question of the quickfire questions which we're still doing uh, <laughs> is These your, are quick. your your favorite game uh, your favorite individual song slash piece from a game soundtrack oh um wow how long have i got <laughs> to think about this <laughs> oh okay i know one that i thought was really cool actually um Again, from one of my favorite games of all time. Did you ever play Soul Reaver? Yes, the like the first one on the PS One. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah. the um, they they got a guy called uh, I think it was Kurt Harland. I think his name's Kurt Harland, and he he wrote a song for it. It's called Ozar Midrashim, and that was the the kind of the opening cinematic piece of music. And yeah, I thought that was so badass at the time. And like that's the, you know, that's that's the game that's a song from a game that i know what it's called and yeah you know that i've I've listened to outside from playing the game yeah so yeah i'm gonna say that one ozar midrashim that is another game that i played actually a substantial part of it and i just need to finish it but that's like i've probably got uh, i can never remember what they call them in the game now the ru- are they runes i think like runes I've, yeah, yeah. I've got, like the last one and i've just gotta go and actually do the sort of final 
boss bit but i know it's like an ah. hour sort of tracks i know i'm not far from the end but yeah you're probody quite close yeah. that's fair but yeah i just so love... you're a bit of a completionist by what i'm getting then you, you seem to like no that's the problem no? i'm trying to be i'm trying to you're an like... aspiring completionist yeah like it's it. like uh, so i i sat down at the beginning of this year and kind of like compiled a list of all the games i've started Okay. But not finished and i th- yeah. think it was up to about 40 and not that okay. there's no reason why i've not finished them it's not like i started playing a game it's like oh this is this is rubbish it's just because there's i, I feel it's because there's so many games and then it's also i'll get like you know you look online it's like oh you've missed these five retro games it's like oh yeah i need yeah. to play that and it's just like yeah. so i'm trying to like be like i'm gonna finish actually complete some games before i start anymore yeah i mean soul reaver's really cool like um the i can never yeah. remember his name now he's quite quite famous the narrator um, oh um uh so simon templeman plays kane yes. and the narrator or the um there's the elder god was played yeah. by tony day i want to say tony D- tony j tony day yeah. hang on because i know um, yeah I, he, he you know, passed away but he was amazing because yeah. i'm sure he was uh, i can just remember watching something and it's like that voice sounds really familiar and then yes. it's like, that's where that's where i remember it from yeah, yeah yeah he was great but like that sound yeah that was and like the the um art style even like for a ps1 low poly sort of game yeah it's just like really nice and brooding and dark but also like the sort of uh, mythological mythological is that the right word for it but that sort of like feel and and gothic like, kind of fantasy yeah um, it's just like yeah. in the, the sort of like very dark not the you know gothic fantasy that's normally just humans elves and goblins kind of thing yeah no it was dark wasn't it but in a in a in an atmospheric way that it wasn't like scary dark it was just like it was like apocalypse dark, but as if there were no humans around and like just vampire things. I don't know. It was a really cool vibe. But yeah, that I think that game was the first game that had like, um, you know, complete voice acting all the way through it. I think it came out the same, about the same year as Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. So that, that did as well, obviously. But like, I think they were about kind of neck and neck for the first like big game that had that kind of production in that whole script and the whole voice acting and the whole, yeah. It was, um, they're very cool games, both of them. Yeah. I mean, I feel that's that's why it's aged quite well, because the voice acting in it as well, not only is it all the way through, it's actually really good. Oh, it's so good. There's some, like, games of that era, like, yeah, love the game, but the original Resident Evil, the voice acting in that is, (laughs) oh my God. It's legendary, isn't it? Yeah. I I feel like now it's part of the charm, but, like, if you compare those two games that came out within a few years... There's no contest, yeah. Well, this one uses actual, actual, you know, voice actors and stuff, and this one uses guys that they found on a flipping, like, oh, Dave, Dave, we've we've got some voice acting. Could you stop cleaning and just come and do this for (laughs) us? Put down the mop for a second. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like, oh. Um, And the other thing about Soul Reaver was the writing was great. Like some of the some of the monologues and the sentences, they're really um yeah, they're powerful, at least for my kind of twelve year old brain when oh, I was they, playing them. I was like, Wow. You know, it's uh really well done. Yeah. So they 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 still are. I say I started playing it again a year or so ago and it's they're still very well written. It's not I I find like a lot of 
just games in general still now like the the voice parts are just cheesy and it's a bit like and they're like actually like it's almost like uh, yeah. they, someone wrote it who is an actual writer rather than someone writing what they think someone playing a game needs to have yeah it's difficult uh, one of my game jams I, I i did a lot of writing for it um and if i did this twice i did it and it's far too much writing like i just kind of front loaded it with lore just for the sake of because i wanted to write at the time i don't know if i got like some manic personality or what or i'm just like this is what i'm doing now i won't stop until this is written but um yeah i did way too much writing in both of these game jam games and you know it's a game <laughs> like yeah. i i needed to really step back and have some perspective on it but um but that, that can happen. Um, but yeah, quality of writing in those games, awesome. I do think like there's there's an extent with games where it's like they can have a really good law at the expense of them actually making a game. Yeah, and then it's yeah. like it's dangerous. because yeah. is it a game then, or are you like is it an experience? Um, yeah, I, don't, I felt like like I was playing Red Dead Redemption Two. And I'm like, I'm playing this and I'm engaged. And it's like really like, I suppose the analogy would be like, it's a page turner. Like there's always something to do. There's always like a next thing. I'm like, but is this fun? (laughs) Like if you could distill what fun means, like, is this it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm enjoying it, but is it fun? Yeah. That's a different question. Um, and personally, I, I like games that are fun that I can be like, yes, that is fun. Whether, whether or not I know why it's fun. Yeah. I Um, feel that's, there's more levels to it than just i say there's two levels to it but like i kind of look at it you've got and they're, they're not mutually exclusive but you've got games that are enjoyable because they've got a really good story and lore and then games that are enjoyable because they've got really good gameplay that you actually enjoy the playing part of it then you get the ones yeah. that you're enjoying playing because you're enjoying the story and there's yeah. obviously crossovers between that but i uh, absolutely know. it depends what you want at the time yeah but yeah like i mean I'm, I'm still playing super smash brothers melee right that's a competitive game you don't there's no story in that well there is a basic one but you know i'm playing it because like every time i play that game something slightly different will happen there will be a different situation that i need to try and adapt to really quickly yeah so that's like evergreen content from that perspective and then you know when i'm playing say kinseed and i'm enjoying getting to know these characters and seeing where this story goes i'm, I'm playing for a different reason so it you know it depends what people want to do at the time and there's no there's no right or wrong answer yeah, i don't think exactly that's kind of why games as a medium is great because there's <sighs> so many different things that can be done with them games are great can we just all agree games yes, are amazing they are and so are anyone who makes them and i'm gonna yeah. I, i'm part, part of getting very distracted now but part of why i enjoy doing this especially from the soundtrack part of it but it's that in kind of it's not as much anymore i'm going to i'm going to construct an actual sentence and make my point now but games are still kind of viewed as a bit childish whereas like films tv music are very still like defined as art and it's like i i feel they should be in if anything games are more creative than films films you'd make one thing that's two hours long and it's that games you have to make something that you can make one that's two hours long start to finish but you've got you know there's hundreds of outcomes all these different things and there's so much more creativity in it you know there's side characters that have potentially got an hour's worth of story written that some people might not ever discover and it's just like and like even constructing one sentence of that story 
if the writer is an artist, they will have thought about every word, yeah. about how that word sounds, about how that word flows, about whether you know it sounds nice next to the other words in that sentence. Like people can be as artistic and creative as they want in video games, and that's yeah, it's it's an incredible art form. And I think you're right. It's still it's getting better, but it still does have a stigma around it. And uh, yeah, I very much like to see that go. Yeah, me too. And I will. I was going to say, I was gonna, actually to go with the stigma. I was going to say I will fight anyone because video games have made me angry. <laughs> Probably isn't going to help that, but I will. <laughs> I will persuasively dissuade people on that you'll, point. You'll write a really thorough leaflet campaign around that point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think you're right. I think um, yeah, games can be amazing pieces of art, and but I also worry because um, they can also not be. Um, and what I'm talking about is the the kind of wave of kind of gacha games and um, instant gratification games that children are exposed to these days. Yeah. I'm actually kind of worried about it on a on a, a kind of a grand scale because like. I know how bad my attention span was going through school and stuff. And it's cause I'd had so much fun playing games that school was by comparison, so boring. Um, and these games are even more engineered to be instant gratification. So like, you know, you play the first Zelda as a kid and you, you get lost and you're not really sure what to do. You work at it. You, you try things, you experiment with things and eventually you'll, I don't know, blow up a hidden wall or whatever it might be and make some progress. Whereas games these days, they're designed, so you press a button, and then within three seconds, you've got a dopamine hit in your brain because yeah. it's told you you're great. And I think having the whole nation, of the whole world of people programming their young brains to expect instant results without having to put any work in, I actually think that's kind of dangerous, you know? It is. It's, uh, it's tough. It is, and I mean, obviously, it may not be common knowledge but i'm definitely not a child psychologist so i can't say mm. what effect that would have on it neither but... am i let's 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 not <laughs> pretend that yeah but, but yeah um... it's it's definitely like you know it's hard to see like I've, i'm just thinking of like my nephews and like you know them growing up playing games and it's very much like not they they're not into the same sort of stuff i'm into and it's like is yeah. that just because it's personal opinion or is that just because of them growing up with right that sort of thing and i think like yeah i've got an example i mean this is just anecdotal but i've got a nephew and he is um well he was at the time i want to say he was like seven or eight when he was playing i showed him crash bandicoot now when i was seven or eight i finished that game it was amazing um he tried a good kind of because he'd never really played a game by that point. Yeah, I don't know what his parents were thinking. You know, they should have had games from the very small age, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but no, he so he wasn't very experienced with games at that point. But he gave it maybe 20 minutes on kind of the first level, the beach level, and you have to go up through the jungle and get yeah. to like the temple. Um, and he got so close so many times, and he didn't quite do it. And then, and I could see in his eyes like he was not upset that he wasn't succeeding at it, but he. He, it was on his mind, you know, he really didn't want to not succeed and not get there. Um, and then eventually he stopped playing before even actually finishing that. And he was enjoying himself, Yeah. but it wasn't telling him he'd done well. And that's, I think, is what games do these days for kids. So, it, and by say that, I mean metaphorically, you know, with like a stars flashing up on the screen and some jingle playing and whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, 
we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. I hope it's brighter than than my amateur child psychology is predicting. <laughs> well, we'll get some children. Oh God, get some children and lock <laughs> them in rooms. We won't. Do and don't that. let them hear any music for yeah, eighteen don't years. Don't let them hear. We'll have one control group. <laughs> then we'll have one that exclusively plays the PC masterpiece missed over and over to see if what <laughs> and then one that plays, you know, mobile games yeah. and see what happens. And see which of them becomes a, you know, rocket scientist. Well yeah. uh Mist was I never played Mist, I had Riven. That was the first PC game I have, which was the sequel to Mist. So yeah. Awesome. You'll be surprised to know that I played Mist and haven't finished it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work. Yeah. I think I've got they made some new games recently or i say recently within the last five years or so i think they did um and i think they're in one of my my gog library perhaps yeah they i think they gave a lot of them away on there yeah a few years ago because they made i think it's called real mist and it's basically so obviously the original one you just had screenshots left and right and stuff but this is actually they've rendered it yeah in 3D, rendered it in 3D, yeah. so you actually move it around and stuff so yeah, it's it's a classic, but also it's definitely not an instant gratification game. Yeah, and it is. It's a definite brain brain teaser sort of one. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Do you want another brain tease game? Real yeah, quick? I will um, happily go for. Have one. you played Obra Din? Return of the Obra Din. I have not. It's get it on the list. Yeah, it's it's another list. actually. I know it's another like game beautifully with, stylized. Yeah, it's a cool style. It's by the person who made Papers, Please, if you heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's another game that you actually have to do deduction, like we were talking about earlier. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a really cool game. It's really well made. There's nothing quite like it. And I'm as I said earlier, indie games where they do something different, I'm all about that. So that's a great one. Recommended. Yes. I will probably play it at some point based upon this the list in yeah. 2047 so but we'll see anyway, well let's let's agree now we'll join the same old people's home and we'll all play <laughs> the games that we haven't done by that point i i feel that when i join that old people's home i'll have forgotten the world actually no it's quite good it's a good reason why i'm making a list of the games i've beaten that's what the list is for so, oh, <laughs> god i'm i am occasionally smart <laughs> but so uh, i mean the slight depressing note to go on to the next next and normal final question and talked about your past and present and yeah obviously you mentioned um there's ongoing work with kinseed and um mm-hmm. whispers in the west hopefully coming soon is there anything else you're working on that you're you are allowed to talk about other than planning on going into a retirement home <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait for that retirement home man. <laughs> i've just got my eye on the prize um musically the only thing is i'm working on some more music packs on the side yeah um so i'm doing a uh i'm calling it um harvest valley nice if you can see what i've done there yeah, it's, a, it's for farm good. themes farm sim games um so i've got some nice pieces on in the works for that uh i'm also working on faster than warp that's another one okay cool. um sci-fi kind of base building that kind of thing um, and so these games, are, th- these packs, I'm working on with a good friend of mine um, in from Austria. Um, he's an amazing composer, and um, yeah, so we're working together as like a joint project on that. So, um, so that's that's really exciting. But yeah, uh, I mean, right now, kind of Kinsey is the one with like the urgency, and that's the one where that's getting all my focus for the moment. So definitely, yeah, understandably so as well. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm excited. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I say I'm I'm enjoying what I'm playing, and obviously once I get out the prologue and into the wide world, hopefully see see and definitely hear some some different bits as well, and then obviously excited to see the development of it ongoing. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know if um, when new pieces get into it and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and in terms of people keeping up with yourself, is Twitter the best place? Yes, yeah, probably is. I think I'm Composer Carmen on Twitter. Um, so yeah, if everybody's entitled to my opinion. And uh, yeah, <laughs> even <laughs> well if they don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's where I am. Um, yeah, that's excellent. It. I mean, that's um, that's kind of came to the end of the of my questions. I had Harvey. I don't know if there's anything you'd like to talk about. We've already covered <sighs> lots of grounds. We have. I, I, I'm not used to, as I said at the start, talking about myself for so long. It feels quite strange. I've got whatever the opposite of an ego is. That's how I am. So it's like, <laughs> it's a weird experience for me. But um, yeah, maybe not about me. I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to learn more about you, but uh, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll have a chat after the, the episode's over or something like that. Yeah, uh, always always happy yeah. to talk more. I don't, I, say, I don't know how well it'll fit with the episode, but yeah. it's been a, a pleasure having you on, Harvey. Thank you very much for your time and answers to the questions really appreciate it excited for more kinseed songs and obviously um the game that's name i've just forgotten the co-op murder whispers of the west West. that's it yeah i was i had i had i know it's w something w of the west and it's like oh my brain was saying it begins with w so it's worcestershire it's like no it's not (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's the sequel we'll see what happens but no, um, likewise, thank you for your time. Um, you know, it's it's humbling that you'd want to talk to me, so thank you. And I hope for anyone listening, if this isn't mildly interesting, then at least perhaps it can be slightly inspiring that someone, because uh, the chances are, if you're listening to this and you're a composer and you're thinking about getting into games, you are probably better than I am, honestly. So just believe in yourself and just work really hard and be smart about how you approach things and you can do it. I believe in you. So there. And that's a lovely sound bite to end things on. <laughs> and I'd once again like to thank Harvey for taking time out of his schedule to chat to myself. As always, Beats and Bleeps will be back soon with another episode. You can check out our schedule on our Twitter page, which is at Beats Bleeps Pod, or on our website, which is www.beatsandbleeps.com. I'd also like to thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>